again, everyone, the badass. Welcome to the Badass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name's Clay McCormick, and with me, as always, is Sean Murphy. How you doing, Sean? Man, did you notice that the, both of these episodes started off with conventions? Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, there was AgroCon, which I'll get into later because I didn't know agro meant agriculture. <laughs> sure. I thought it meant angry. Yep. Uh, and uh, the other one was uh, a, a, was car a car show. A car show, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was yeah, going mean, to ask you. I wanted to ask you about the Gotham car show. <laughs> but it uh, actually made me think about some stuff, this chit-chat on social media lately about conventions and convention culture. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about it on and off before, but I've, I've had some new thoughts that I wanted to share, but I figured we'd get to it later because sure. I have a feeling one of these episodes is not going to hold our attention for very long. <laughs> Whatever do you mean. Uh, the two episodes we're doing today, <clears throat> positioned just just after, after the halfway point, coming off of a really great episode, uh, two really great episodes with um, Roxy Rocket mm. and Batgirl having some uh, scarecrow-induced nightmares. Mm-hmm. We've got two bangers, <laughs> Mean Seasons and Critters. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Mean Seasons. All right, Mean Seasons, story by Rich Fogel, teleplay by Hilary J. Bader, directed by uh, Hiroyuki Oyama. I hopefully I didn't murder that too much. Mm. Uh, and in this one, Batman pursues an ex-model who is now looking for revenge and calling herself the Calendar Girl. Uh, yeah, coming off of mm. coming off of the Roxy Rocket episode, yeah, where I think we talked spent most of the time talking about how great of a character Roxy is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, not not so much here. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's not terrible. I was actually, I I had to look it up because uh, I'm aware of Calendar Man, who is a pre-existing Batman villain, uh, but I hadn't been aware of Calendar Girl. Apparently Calendar Girl is created for the show. Yeah, they uh, as far as I can see. Yeah, you know, there's no reason for her to be Calendar. There's no connection uh, between her and Calendar Man. Like they try to force this thing where she leaves these Calendar pages, but they never explain why, what her deal is. Like she could just be a jaded ex model who wants revenge. There's nothing that the Calendar bullshit gives you. Right, uh, and it's it's funny because uh, <clears throat> I always thought Calendar Man was a great idea, but the name was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Calendar Girl is a much better name. Yes, but, yeah, the, the the link to the gimmick is tenuous at best. Yeah. And all I could think of was uh, the Calendar Girl package mm-hmm. is probably, like, how <laughs> the brand manager gets all of his holiday shit that he couldn't move, oh, yeah. package it into one thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, th- you roll you roll around to like yeah. December, and it's like, yeah, I couldn't move any of this Halloween stuff, uh, but if I put it together yeah. with the Fourth of July stuff and some Easter stuff, yeah. you'd be surprised how few villains want Easter themed attire. <laughs> yeah, like put she, all those together. It's like going to CVS after Halloween and getting a good deal on Cadbury eggs. 
you know exactly yes. i think yeah. that after the holiday <laughs> he puts all this shit up as aisle toppers and just it's like yep. impulse buy and she just bought all of it at a discount exploding easter yeah. eggs uh fireworks coming from her fingers yeah and i mean it's the sure sign the sure sign of a newbie because you know someone comes in looking for looking for a new mm. gimmick a, a villain gimmick and they see the half off bin <laughs> where it's like oh you could be a calendar person and uh, it works all year round <laughs> Let me tell you something. I can sell anybody to anything. Anything to anybody. Next customer. You wait who's going to... I'm going to sell her on everything. Eggs, exploding <laughs> ribbons, fireworks. Trust me. I even got some Chippendale henchmen that she's not going to say no to. <laughs> and uh, the outfit, solid colors, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, but, but she used to be it. the fashion. Why would she wear a solid color? Never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a great design. Like, I, the idea... No. Yeah. The thing about it actually, her her thing, yeah, her uh, at the base of this, the thing she's like the model who they think she has got a messed up face and stuff. Yeah. It actually reminded me a bit of the starlet from your uh, you and Colleen's uh, <laughs> yeah. Hal, uh, Harley book. Yep, and I, I mean, I like I like what you guys did with that character more than what they did with this character. But it was even there; it wasn't even like they didn't even do anything with that concept. They just used it as the button for the episode, which was kind of unsatisfying. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she wore this mask that it must be easy to animate because you don't need to animate her face. You're, she's just wearing right. like a mime mask or whatever. And um, yeah, like she wears all one color, and it's not even like two tones of green. It's just the same. It's just the most unoriginal. Uh, I mean, after Roxy Rocket, they must have been like, all right, we blew through our budget. That character had like six colors on her. I, I think we're going to need to strip it down for the next one and get a deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You would think you would think for like a a, a holiday themed villain like that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Technically, she's not even a holiday. Th- she's got holiday gear. Yeah, but her <laughs> her gimmick is based on like the days that she got fired. <laughs> but she- so when she circles, uh a date on March and throws an Easter egg at you and leaves. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, so was that attack on March? And then a month goes by and she does, but then she does like I, a 4th yeah. of July theme and it's not even the right month that she throws down. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's not really a holiday in August. So you really, <laughs> <laughs> why did they pick August? Why didn't they just put the day she gets fired in July? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense, but you would think, you would think, a character like this mm-hmm. who has a holiday themed gimmick whose origin is that she is a former fashion model slash actress you would think she would have a holiday themed outfit yeah for every to every holiday she shows up but this one it's just she had candy corn earrings there's so for, much potential uh, yeah there's so much potential you know? for her character or uh, she wears black all the time and her earrings change like that would have been fine at least it's more on uh, on character, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm stunned that because this this is even like the best animation house. This is like Ghibli Studios or whatever. I think mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like this is such a killer animation team, and you waste the, the budget on a fucking nothing episode that doesn't amount to anything. Like, I, what a waste of talent, you know? Yeah, and it's all it's all there driving towards that one bit at the end this this kind of reminded me (laughs) with a dinosaur in the middle yeah (laughs) yeah oh the i completely forgot about the dinosaur um (laughs) this reminded me it felt like kind of like an inverse baby doll to a certain extent i was gonna bring that up this is a good one to compare to baby doll 
Yeah, which is a much better episode than this one is because that one actually, you know, you feel for the character and it's not just a, uh, yeah. a punchline at the end of the episode. Yeah. Speaking of which, I don't yeah. want to get into it too much, but I sent you recently, I sent this this article from CBR.com that had like the yeah. the 10 worst Batman episodes of all time. Oh my God, yeah. Horrible I've never list. disagreed with a list so much in my life. Yeah, I, I tend to like ignore those things because it's usually just like yeah. the basics and then the top two are kind of controversial just yeah. to, you know, generate some buzz. Yeah. But this thing was just like what was they had the 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 Rupert Thorne and I'm on I am on record on the show as mm. not loving the Rupert Thorne and his brother episode. Yeah. But I can appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. And it is like undeniably a good story being told. Yeah. And like that one was on this not only was it on this list, but the bre- the breakdown was like who wants to see a <laughs> Dr- dramatic fam- family story between two brothers, which honestly I don't remember. That might have been something I said in the show, but <laughs> uh, it was. I was very surprised that that one and Baby yeah. Doll was on the list, yeah. and a couple other ones that I could. I really yeah. was surprised. It, to me, it felt like the writer was the type of idiot who was like, "I want Joker in it. I want Clayface. I want. I, they, I'm only going to accept classic style episodes. There's no desire to watch any kind of nuance." Like the one where um, the uh, the dad has invisible invisible suit and he goes and stalks mm-hmm. his daughter, like that for me is like a top ten episode. I think I think I gave it a five. If not, it's like a yeah. high four. And mm-hmm. like the, I could just see the person. If I had to watch it in the theater with the person, I could just see them going boring. Give me the Joker, <laughs> you know. Like there's no understanding of film or storytelling or risk taking. Like yeah, I know it's a kid show, and you'd think that they would avoid doing. Uh, you know cartoons where a scary dad is stealing his daughter or whatever but they did it yeah and like not not everyone has to love that episode but you have to give them you know uh props for even trying and i think mostly they succeeded and uh yeah that list i just yeah there's only like three on there that i agreed with and one was the terrible trio yes uh yes. one was uh the next episode we're going to talk about which i actually actually agree with as well <laughs> <laughs> i think uh prophet of doom was that the Prophecy name of it, the one with the uh, prophet. Yeah, uh, what? What? I I don't think the one with the rat king underground. I think was yeah. on there. Was that okay? I I, I don't yeah. think the one where where Bruce Wayne loses gets amnesia and ends up oh. in, in the desert was on there. You know what? I'm, t- I'm tempted to look it up right now. We think we would have like had this prepared. <laughs> if Showdown I, yeah, is on I, there, that's bullshit. I mean, the soundtrack I, to Showdown alone is worth it. I would have I would have uh, pulled it up if I had planned to talk about it, but I just it just popped into my head as we were talking. Sorry, right, uh, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like I I feel like if you're gonna to get back to this episode, it's 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 a uh, it's introducing a villain for the sake of introducing a villain with this like like the the thing at the the core mm-hmm. twist at the end is actually pretty good if not a little bit kind of like i don't know if cliche is the word but it's forced yeah it's like yeah she takes the mask off it's like oh she's she's totally fine she's just horrified at her own appearance because she's been told you know that's it's yeah sure cool yeah i uh, um i was watching it with my wife she was half watching and at the very end she looks over she's like woof (laughs) because i've only shown her the good episodes so um, yeah. she has to endure watching a lot of these other episodes. She's starting to realize that, you know, it's a mixed bag. Mostly good, yeah. though. <laughs> you know, and I think there's some stuff in there. Like, there's a lot of potential in there. Because, yeah, I, like, you, I have lots of things got, I like in it. 
Yeah, yeah. they've got the stuff at the beginning about Luke, uh, Lucius Fox pointing out that mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's getting old. You know, yeah. he's starting to... Like, that stuff is interesting, but yeah. they don't do anything with it. Um, That's the stuff I like. I, I, I like the guy... Is, is an employee of his is going into forced retirement and Bruce right. decides yep, to reverse too, yeah. that policy. And then, um, he, you know, someone makes an age joke, a bat, Batgirl makes an age joke, and he starts looking at himself in the mirror to find gray hair. Like, I remember as a kid really liking that beat because they've never really addressed age with Bruce at all. And I wish they had done more of that, honestly, instead of her throwing calendars around and candy corns that don't really mean <laughs> yes. anything. Even even the the cops don't take it seriously because they're like oh, we the, we heard she left a note. Bullock's like, nah, she just left a piece of an old calendar. I don't really know what it's for. Um, Do you think uh, Bullock is a secret uh, uh, a cousin of uh, the brand manager? It's very possible. Like maybe that's why he doesn't get shaken down is because Bullock is his distant cousin or first cousin or something. Yeah. Now that's an episode where it's all about. Bullock and his cousin, the brand manager, and mm-hmm. their uh, fam- familial relationship and how they butt heads, yeah. even though you know they're family. You look terrible. I know exactly what I'd get you for a gift, Bullock. I'm g- you, <laughs> you, I, you, you're, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like Bullock is dressed exactly like a shitty you know, Dick Tracy. And I feel like the yes. band manager would be like, listen, man, let me just take some pity on you. Give me, let me at least get you a hat that fits right. You know, I got all this stuff yeah. in the shop. I'm not going to try to do the voice because Clay does it much better. <laughs> <laughs> but it must kill him. Like he must buy stuff for Bullock all the time. And like, here, it's a new hat. You can wear this one. This is in style. Trust me. Girls will like this. And Bullock's like, nah, I like the old one. Well, I, I think it's more, probably more of like a biting family thing. So when, Harvey when he's talking to Harvey he's like hey if you ever decide to become a bad guy don't come to my store we don't we don't stock things in wide <laughs> yeah that sounds like the kind of Thanksgiving fight that they would have <laughs> but uh uh yeah it's just it's it's a there's a lot of potential mm-hmm. um but they it, don't really do the robot scene is like just out of the blue and like like this girl <laughs> I already am wondering where the hell she's getting these amazing exploding Easter eggs uh, and stuff, but there's a giant fucking T-Rex robot that I didn't even know when I first saw this. I didn't know if it was a robot or not. Um, right, And at right. the end, after it explodes, and it's taken down with a bunch of, like, uh, lights uh, yeah, on the wall. Yeah, drops a lighting fixture on it. So it's it, unclear, yeah. like, if you're not paying attention, you might have assumed that that was actually a real dinosaur covered in broken tech from the lights. Um, That's a good point, yeah. And I, I was curious, like, is this the dinosaur that ends up in his cave? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't think he ever has the dinosaur in the cave in the cartoon, does he? Mm. Damn it. Good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, you talk. I'll look I, it up. I can't remember if he's got the that stuff. I, I, I'm... I feel like maybe the penny showed up once, but it doesn't, yeah, it the, doesn't feel... I don't yeah, think the that they, cave, they have the T-Rex. The cave for sure. The uh, penny for sure. TAS dinosaur. No. But, uh, I'm not seeing any screenshots. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, we would have we would have commented on the streamlined redesign of the Batcave T-Rex <laughs> if they had, if they, uh, in this season. If it yeah. Had it's not in here. That's funny. I, you know, because I don't know where that, I, I honestly don't know where that dinosaur comes from. And I know as a, dyna- a Batman writer, I should. Like, it's kind of a crime. But I, I don't know when exactly it appeared on my radar that uh, yeah. Batman had. I knew about it's, the penny in the card, of course. 
Yeah, I I feel like the penny and the dinosaur and the giant Joker card are are fairly comic specific. Yeah. Um, and coming off of this, this is obviously based on jumping off of the the Burton movies, which didn't have that stuff in there. So yeah. I, I I understand why they didn't. Put so it in. the mechanical T Rex is a robot that first appeared when Batman fought in Murray Hart's theme park known as Dinosaur Island. This theme park should not be confused with the better known Dinosaur Island. Oh yeah, I mean you don't want to do that. I don't. Okay, one of them is quotes, one of them is not. I don't understand why. Okay, and I don't know who writes these things. No, <laughs> I feel like you reading these off at the beginning of each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's sure hard, it's from... isn't it? <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna see if I can extend. This got to tell, uh, explain like the context of this thing. Oh, there's a whole bunch of versions. There's the Earth Two version, Earth One, New Earth. I'm not reading all this crap. Yeah, yeah, but he, somehow he got a dinosaur in Souvenir, Batman, uh, Earth 2. All right, yeah, I'm not doing this. Sorry. That's as much research as yeah. I've ever done on Batman, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we and the, the, the listeners and I thank you for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, it's uh, yeah. I don't really know what else there is to say. That dinosaur sequence is, is like... It's a robot dinosaur. It's a it's a very cartoon sequence where it's mm-hmm. like this robot dinosaur they're using for a movie. Apparently, yeah. you just turn it on and it just knows to try and kill people. <laughs> like she's yeah. not even driving it. She basically just turns it on and leaves, yeah. and then it just automatically tries to kill Batman. Is it so? Tell me if this nitpicky. But if it was like a more like a we've had robots in this cartoon before, androids mm-hmm. that think they're human and they they can walk on two feet and balance and jump and think. Uh, but that to me is acceptable, but having like a seven story tall T-Rex robot that can like stand and move as quickly as that just doesn't seem like it fits in this universe. Am I splitting hairs yeah. here? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I would, I would agree with that. Um, usually when this show has robots, there's some weight to them. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't tend to just like throw in robots a lot unless they are kind of integral to the plot. Yeah. Um, and especially not a giant robot dinosaur. If, if there was a giant robot dinosaur traditionally in this show, that would be like a central plot point, but yeah, I mean, if it moved sort of in the slowly here. and was clunky, then I'd be more down with it, but it's fast. It's, it, you know, blows through walls and it screams. I mean, it's just like that thing looks mm-hmm. like a real dinosaur and it's just at the end happens to have circuitry in it. Um, it might be, that was my problem with it. It might be the dinosaur from the movie Tammy and the T-Rex, which has the brain of Paul Walker in it. So it's actually it's an animatronic dinosaur with the brain of a human. Wow. That I've can that. Uh, that goes out and tries to get revenge on the people that killed him. Paul Walker. It's, huh? uh, yeah, it's pa- well, Paul Walker and Denise Richards like first movie, I think. Wow. It is uh it is fantastic. It is yeah. a terrible movie, but it is very much worth the watch. If they did a Night Rider and the voice of the kid was Paul Walker, would that be bad mm-hmm. taste? At this point, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. What if Vin Diesel was driving it? No? Okay. <laughs> I Yeah, well, that might be... You know, I said... Have you seen Fast 9? No, and I'm not going to. I'm done with those movies. <laughs> yeah. I know you love so them. I they're they're s- like Mask. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I. you know, I... I I like them to a point. Like I didn't, I didn't love Fast Nine, and Hobbs mm-hmm. and Shaw was fine. I didn't blow my socks off. Yeah. Uh, there's the pocket where they where they got really fun. You know, five and six or whatever. Yeah, I'm um, with you on that. But the weird thing about them is, ever since Paul Walker died, uh-huh. he's still alive in the universe of the movie. Oh. 
Oh. And so they keep making reference to him and mm-hmm. keep having him like just show up at the end of the movie or like off screen so you never see him. Yeah. But people talk about him. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is the people in the movie mm-hmm. seem to talk about this character who is alive in the universe right. as though he is dead. Like there's a certain kind of you know reverence yeah, yeah, and yeah. wistfulness to mentioning yeah. him and so stuff. You, you only that, use when somebody's passed on, and they're right. using it. Yeah, but the character's alive, right. and so it's this weird sort of yeah. Even though he's not in the movie, it creates this weird uncanny valley effect yeah. where it's like you're talking about this character who's alive, but everybody knows that you're talking about a dead person. Right. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, ah, so many ways I want to take this conversation right now. Uh, so uh yeah if if i it makes me think if i was an actor in a big franchise and i died i'd almost want a thing in my contract that says when i die you will kill off my character in a glorious fashion in the next movie you will not keep me around you will not pretend that i'm still like i i want i'll only do this movie and if i unfortunately pass away i want to know that my character died in a meaningful way i'm giving you permission to kill off my character because if you don't it's just fucking weird right yeah yeah, they're just always off screen yeah. doing something. I yeah. tell you, the other thought I had, which is unrelated with Fast Nine, and I, I get, I am to most people, I am the Fast and the Furious guy of comics, and I, the fact that I don't love these movies is, <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't fit. They're just so out there. My, my reality gene is offended by the loss of understanding of physics and the crazy. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, everybody. Sure, sure. Um, I'll take, I'll take a ground. You don't like, you don't like fun. Is what you're saying. What's that? You, you don't like fun, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just because I don't like wrestling doesn't mean I don't like fun, Clay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, Agree to disagree. So uh, I don't know what the numbers are for the movie yet, but I have a feeling Fast 9 is probably going to not do as well as the other ones and because I, I feel like people are just getting fatigued with these things. And if I had the producers in a room, I would say, guys, here's what you need to do. Uh, stop for 10 years. Just put it on the back burner for a while. Give it a break. Do like an offshoot movie if you want, but keep it low budget and grounded. Like get back to your roots. Um, and then in 10 years, you can do like Vin Diesel's version of Taken where he's like retired and he has to come out of retirement. And the reason he comes out of retirement is because somebody killed his friend Paul Walker or whatever his name is. Yeah. And then you can yeah. go all balls to the wall just like you did with special effects. I think people just need a break first, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go back to basics because the the, <laughs> the reason that they changed it was because back to basics wasn't working. But I don't know. At this point, yeah. maybe going back to that, right. you know, it's like Kiss Kiss took off the makeup to change things up, and yeah. then they changed things up again by putting the makeup back on. So you yeah, never know. Yeah. When uh, I was doing Chrononauts uh, with Mark Millar, we had James Wan, the director, attached to Chrononauts, and we had Chris oh, Pratt, no Chris Helmsworth as the leads in Chrononauts. And it was mm-hmm. owned by Universal at the time. And um, I was like, awesome. Um, you know, send me the check. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and I, I, a, I was a big fan of Chris Pratt at the time. And uh, Helmsworth, of course. And uh, James Wan's um, Fast and the Furious did so well that he had to bail on Chrononauts because he was offered a ton of money to do more, which I completely understand. And that was kind of the beginning of how... Uh, that was the beginning of me realizing I have zero control over Hollywood stuff. You just, that was like one of many things that went wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of the actors had a kid and one of the actor got divorced. And then the president of Universal changed. And the new president, like, 
dumped everything the previous president did. And it's just like, yeah, you can yeah. try to be a Hollywood, you can live out there, you can go to meetings, you can schmooze the hell out of everything. But at the end of the day, you really just can't control it. And especially me being a weird guy who works in his office in Maine, like I certainly can't control these things. So that's when I sort of stopped thinking about Hollywood as a career option. It's like, I don't want to try to even pretend that I can manipulate these things and try to hold a movie together. You know, like I, I like comics. I can control comics. Publishing is a smaller world, but I can make a good living at it. Uh, and I don't have to like fool myself into thinking that uh, I, you know, one day I'll be a, a multimillionaire out in LA, you know, like, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. And I know a lot of people in comics see comics as a stepping stone to get into Hollywood, which to me doesn't make sense, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the thing that's always surprised me, I mean, it's like anything really, but it, it, creative projects that cost money, it's like it, they're all just a house of cards, and if yeah. one card comes out, then the entire thing comes down. I mean, it, it even happens yeah. in comics. Like, you know, every yeah. time you'll be you'll be in the middle of a series, and then they change editors, and all of a sudden the series is gone. Or yeah. like, you yeah. know, it, you, if, uh, if you've been working with a company for 10 years, and then yeah. all of a sudden you don't have any editors that you know there anymore, well, mm-hmm. they stop using you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's all that stuff is it's it's depressingly fickle, unfortunately. Yeah, I had a meeting with some producers recently. Uh, we'll have a part two meeting too. And uh, one of the Vertigo books I was involved with has got some heat, and they want to make it possibly at HBO. Um, and you know, I'm excited because this writer was attached to a, a really big, successful other property. Um, and I, I explained this to my friends in Maine, and they don't they're not in entertainment; they're just like mechanics and people who work at Trader Joe's so you know they're Mm -hmm. to them this is like really exciting stuff when I talk about it and they're like that's great man congratulations and I'm like yeah thanks but you know you don't see me jumping up and down and the reason is because I know like there's a 90% chance that it'll fall through and it's it won't be my fault it won't be the writer's fault it's just it is what it is you know like I I I did uh go ahead oh go ahead no go ahead oh anybody that's been in comics long enough generally has a thick skin to like big exciting hollywood news like we all get right, yeah. jaded in a, in a healthy way i'd say you know <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. like we're, we're not excited to hear good news but we're like yeah that's good great you're gonna make a movie of my stuff awesome like i'm not gonna go spend the money right now you know <laughs> i expect to get a check maybe in three years and it probably won't be for as much as i thought and you know if i have any involvement at all it's a miracle uh, there's so many stories in the comics and hollywood that we can learn from uh, and the idea of like getting a movie done out of your property and them doing it your way is just almost completely out of the question. Like it really doesn't happen, right? Yeah, I I actually I had one of those uh, meetings a couple years ago for uh, one of the books I worked on, where um, <clears throat> we ended up talking on the phone, uh, me and the and the writer, and the company that we worked for were on the phone with some producers from a production company who were going to uh, explore turning this book into a a Uh movie. And it actually was, they were actually like talking to us about the story and they pitched us this idea about like, so we were reading it. We really like it. We think this works, but we think this could actually happen earlier. And I was like, Oh, that's actually a good change. I think you should do that. Yeah. (laughs) It was was a good note. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it, it was cool. It was a company I had heard of. It was not a huge company, but it was it was a company I'd heard of. Yeah. And like, you know, it's I. But at the same time, I was like, well, all right, cool. Let's let's see. Call me when some the next step happens, and the next step never happens. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, I think that's and, a pretty and, and, healthy and, way to look at it. 
Yeah, and with stuff like that too, like waiting for a check is a fool's errand because yeah. it's like the the deal that we had for this book. It was a creator owned book, but the company, the publisher, had the option. Mm-hmm. But then what they did is they gave it to this production company, who was then going to work on it to give it to a third company. Yeah. And so, like every time a new company gets involved, mm-hmm. whatever check I might be getting gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. So it's so yeah. you know the, the the creators of the property are at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, and uh, what you know whether or not that's appropriate is is up yeah. for debate, I suppose. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know how, what's the right reaction as a creator if you get on a big exciting meeting uh, mm-hmm. on Zoom or whatever. Do you act more excited? Do you play it cool? Do you just be honest? Uh, do you try to let them know they're easy to work with. Do you pretend that you don't really care what they do with the product? Do you insist that they follow your vision? I mean, you can play it. Mm-hmm. A million different ways. I mean, you know, there's tons of stories of uh, different creators, like you know, Mike Mignola trying to control Hellboy, and they were like, "Who's this guy? <laughs> you know, didn't mm-hmm. we pay him not to be here? <laughs> like, we bought right. your shit, go right. away." James O'Barr trying to control the crow. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 they wanted to change the, uh, the my my book, uh, my Vertigo book, a lot, and I was like, "That's fine." Like, I'm one guy who wrote it ten years ago. I did the best I could. You have a team of writers now. Please improve right. it. Like I absolutely right. yeah. please improve it. Um and they wanted to change the race of a character. I'm like, great, that's not what I would have done, but I don't care. Send me the check. Like I I want to be as easy to work with possible. If you want me to be a producer, I can. If you want me to provide more concept art, I can. Uh I you know, I want to help if my help's appreciated, but I have zero um uh I, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't expect you guys to really want my input every step of the way i get it like i get what this is and I, I don't mean to sound right. maybe i did sound too jaded at that time <laughs> um <laughs> i probably i definitely came across as somebody who's been through the mill a few times which maybe is a good mm-hmm. thing you know like i'm not some you know g- green newbie who's just like yay i'm a millionaire yay <laughs> you know yeah yeah i think those things it's generally like they want to they they want you to be on board with them but yeah. they don't necessarily need you to be you know yeah and i get that I absolutely get that. Yeah. You know, if I had control of someone's baby, if that I want the original creator's input, but if the original creator turns into a pain in the ass, I want him out of the, I want him out of the meeting. You know, I'm sorry, I'm here to right. make money. Yeah. And if I'm that pain in the ass and they need to kick me out of the meeting, great. Like that's the contract I signed. You know. <laughs> well, I always look at I look at it from the other side too, where it's like unless they're actively, you know, looking for my input in a real way, I'm. Right probably not going to give them a ton of it and then when all is said and is done right. if it's great i'll take credit for it and if it sucks i'll say my book is better right so you know, it's <laughs> yeah. a win it's win yeah. it's a win-win for for us you know you, you can uh you can um you, you still get the check at the end of the day and you yeah. can still claim that the book is better than the movie and they just ruined your your vision or whatever yeah so. i mean i would play the game i would still do interviews and say oh sure i'm excited for sure, sure. it we made some changes. I'm excited about the changes. Like, remember that thing I said to you about how I'm a better liar than you <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> sure. And that's that's what I meant was playing the game a little bit. I didn't mean like flat out lying to people, but I'll mm-hmm. play along. You know, like there's some stuff that's been done with my books that I wasn't a fan of. You don't really hear me complaining about it too much unless it's like more than 15 years ago. Yeah. And then I'm happy to bitch about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's no... 
I don't have to. F- I wouldn't have to fake being excited that something I did is being made into a movie, yeah. whether or not whether or right. not I like it or not. It's still yeah. pretty cool. The the only thing I did say to them was, um, I if you want to know what I think, I think you should pitch it as low budget, like really low budget, uh, and I mm-hmm. wouldn't worry about getting name actors. Just get people that are good. Um, and I said, uh, if you have, if you want to know where I think the money should be spent, I'd spend it on the soundtrack getting the right songs because it's a if it's going to be a very musical based type thing uh mm-hmm. wink wink then you know you might want to focus on that but i'm pretty sure they already know that and they don't need me to tell them you know <laughs> sure 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 but yeah they, they were uh, like who do you think about for names for actors and i'm like i nobody i honestly have no idea you know <laughs> please cast it however you want whatever and we're you should very- have just been like you should have been like can you get john wayne just to mess with my friend clay <laughs> can you please and they would have <laughs> that would have been the john last wayne. meeting you ever had <laughs> yeah i gotta get you an autograph of john wayne i'm sure you can get them oh, out there boy it'll my trash will thank you for it <laughs> um so speaking of conventions uh what what did you th- what did you think of the the car convention uh i would obviously draw that if I had to draw anything. Um, again, I yeah, think the motorcycle, yeah. the bit with the bikes were there were great. I thought the concept car were pretty good. A few shots had the hood open, and I thought that for guys who don't really know a lot about engines, that the engine blocks look pretty realistic for, you know, mm-hmm. a kid's cartoon. I like when mm-hmm. that one uh, Chippendale bouncer gets uh, slammed into the hood with his leg sticking out. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like the models that are on top and like who it's like that Simpsons uh Oh yes. <laughs> Do you come with you the car? Come with the car? <laughs> you. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah th- there was a few there was a few conventions in this cuz they had the uh that sci-fi or the like fake Warner Brothers TV showcase thing they were doing. Yeah. Um actually in this season it's not the first time they've had a convention cuz the Joker's Millions episode starts with Joker at a technology convention. Yeah, a tech show. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But uh, I really I really appreciated the fake TV shows they came up with this mm. uh came up with for this. They had uh model students, teen cop, oh, Malibu vets. <laughs> Malibu vets is a good one which is a bunch of <laughs> bikini models who are also veterinarians, which is a great idea for a show. <laughs> I thought you could turn that into a hit. As yeah, sure, as I, dumb I, don't, as it I don't see why not. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, what the, uh, there was for, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where Kristen Bell's character gets the role on like the cop police mm. procedural, where she's like blind, yeah. but she has psychic powers and can talk to animals <laughs> or something. I forget what it is. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm, I like the movie Mean Girls. I never would have thought walking oh, yeah. into that, that I would have had an ounce of a good time, and I thought it was great, so... You know, yeah, it's all in the execution. Uh, what would you draw uh, on this one? Jeez, I don't know. Um, I, the dino? You no, know, no. I would redesign Calendar Girl. I was gonna say the di- the dinosaur, just because. Like, yeah. how often do you really get to draw a dinosaur in anything? Right. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I would I would spend some time and try to redesign Calendar Girl and, and give her like some, if mm-hmm. not like distinct. Uh, distinctly different outfits for whatever theme she's going for. Something like you were saying that's like mm-hmm. easily adaptable. So it's like yeah. kind of a similar base, but like a couple different elements change depending on the season. Or yeah, something. like a Miss America sash, but the sash changes for the theme or something. Um, yeah, or like big shoulder pads and, and Easter their <laughs> Easter eggs and at Halloween their jack o' lanterns. Yeah, 
What would you rate this? Fourth of July, their fireworks coming out of her shoulders. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a two. I think. You know, I'm uh, I'm going with three because I thought the dinosaur animation was awesome, but that's yeah. the only, and I like the idea of age, but I, I'm really it's it's a barely a three. Actually, you know what? No, I agree. I am also a three because I was I was I was mixing them up in my head because I spoiler alert I <laughs> I like the next one a lot less and I found myself I I knew this one going into this one you had said this one was kind of rough and I came yeah. away going like that eh, wasn't terrible it was fine <laughs> it was like a it was just like a right wait. down the middle yeah it was like it's like a just a right down the middle not really great Batman episode so I would mm. say it's like yeah it's 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 a serviceable three I think yeah yep that's fair. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for Mean Seasons. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about Critters. Mm. Okie dokie. All right, Critters, story by Steve Gerber, teleplay by Joe R. Lansdale, directed by Dan Reba. And in this one, a genetic engineer goes overboard in creating bigger livestock and loses all his money. A year later, an army of mutant farm animals terrorize Gotham, Gotham City. Um, even even listening to the description <laughs> is painful. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not sure where to begin with this one. Um it's- it's a one. This is terrible. I hated this as a so, kid. I hate it now. It's hard not to let, fast let me, forward through it. Yeah, let me see if I can get this straight because I was trying to parse this out as, as I was watching it. He's He loses all of his money mm. because he creates this gigantic cow-horse hybrid thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and, he, and he looks like he's like this country bumpkin type farmer guy. Yeah. Uh, so he loses all of his money, becomes this outcast. But he also has... A, a gigantic <laughs> waterfront factory building yeah. that is has a working farmland in it, like multiple acres yeah. of farmland in like it. Like the like the danger well. room. The X Men's danger right. room, but with farmland. As, as well as a silo that doubles as a rocket. Yep. Yeah. But he's also just like a country bump. I d I don't know. I just couldn't parse this character out. Yeah. I mean it's obviously it's like kind of the first on a checklist of problems but i yeah, just was his, not in, not on board his, his inexplicable bow staff skills when he's fighting batman with a pitchfork <laughs> yes like the fact that batman can't just break this grandfather over his knee is a, is a joke um, i the, the, i really like that they point out that that his beefy daughter was taking beef steroids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i uh, I, I couldn't i I thought, like, for a second, I'm like, all right, did he genetically modify his daughter, too? Like, is that why she's so fucking strong? I, I couldn't remember what the payoff was on that. Apparently, yeah, it's, it's just, just one. It's one line where she just goes, beef steroids, and then punches Batgirl in the face or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Batgirl doesn't get punched a lot, because uh, you can't have a guy punch a girl in these shows, so you got to have a girl punch a girl. So mm-hmm, it's good to mm-hmm. see Batgirl <laughs> getting fisted in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone knocked that smile off Batgirl's face. Yeah. She was making all these AIDS jokes in the last episode. She had it coming. <laughs> I'm not saying Batman let it happen. But he definitely wasn't there when he yeah. should have been. You know, at the beginning, they were at AgroCon, 
And um, I always thought aggro was slang because I listened to punk rock and I remember Henry Rollins using the word aggro to basically short for aggressive or like mm-hmm. crazy or whatever. So aggro con to me was like, whoa, that sounds wild. <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah, was it's just, just a bunch of equipment. Wow, not what I expected. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of angry weightlifting dudes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can see them uh, saying, this kids will like this because it'll have big bugs in it and big animals and right. um, you know yeah. think of the toys and uh it gave batman any fucking excuse for his bat rocket pack which i fucking hate yeah that jet thing pack, just looks the terrible jet pack made an appearance yeah 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 um yeah this i like it's uh, trying to look at it a, a little objectively like the 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 big action sequence that takes up like most of the episode is fine yeah. i guess like it's it's yeah. fun there's giant animals and stuff and you know he, he stops one of them by smashing it into a, a gigantic container of barbecue sauce oh my god sure. i forgot about the barbecue sauce factory the pterodactyl yeah but yeah. like even even some of the the explanations of stuff were a little bit like they didn't really think it through like the the praying mantises that were designed to just like ex- fall apart like mm-hmm. they didn't even like melt or do anything interesting they just fell apart like toys <laughs> like the arms <laughs> fell off and then the head fell off and then they all just yeah. like, the limbs fell off it was like, really I'm strange su- they're i'm surprised they were able to show that violence because the arms just fall off and i'm like that's kind of graphic but it is a a bug but it's a giant bug yeah. so you it, it registers like a wow that must have been painful for that animal to lose a limb you, know, you couldn't show a, a, yeah. a, a yeah. cow losing an arm in this show but they show it with mantises and it was fine like standards and practices are like whatever it's a bug yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah nobody cares about bugs i guess yeah um yeah there's the and it's there's no uh i when it first happened i thought they were robots or something because it was <laughs> why not just <laughs> yeah well like they just popped they fell apart like action figures yeah, and so I thought they were like fake or something. I didn't realize <laughs> like the crash test dummy action figures. That exactly. I used to love. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you've got the giant, giant chickens um, or giant birds or something, and there, there's the giant uh, pig that almost kills Harvey Bullock, but kind of doesn't. Oh, don't forget the talking um, goat that delivers a message. Oh, the talking goat. Yeah. Don't bring back. What was going man. on? What was going on? <laughs> that was in this the room. worst thing in the entire C- series. That scene with the talking goat with the fucked up eyes. Yeah. The talking goat that somehow just walks its way into yeah, past Gotham the front, City Police got, yep, through the, got off the elevator, got on the right floor, went into Gordon's room, just eh, 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 don't bring bad man. Stops, stops to steal Harvey Bullock's donut. <laughs> before walking into G- Commissioner Gordon's office to talk in full sentences. <laughs> that you know what the donut line was the best part of the episode actually. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. even that great. It was just like, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So if yeah, I, I had to, I I'm so it's I'm straining myself trying to find something to draw. Mm-hmm. Uh the only thing I could think of is uh they they use the airships in this episode. And you have this airship oh, right, right. being yep. attacked by these like monster pterodactyls, and there's like three of it on this airship pecking at it as it's like falling towards the ground. I think if if I could do a cover of an airship with these giant monsters on it, just like sitting on it, I think that would be cool. Like I could see like a Paul, cool. yeah. a Paul Pope style cover, just this oddity. I think that would be pretty fun to draw. 
but that's all I want. Yeah. I, 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 I don't even want to do that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this is a tough one for, for what to draw. If, um, if this was a, a series, a, a, like a comic series, and we keep talking about like who we would put on different uh, issues. I would. T- I don't. There's no one I hate enough in comics to give them this issue to draw. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, as I've said, that that's the challenge. It's it's you're under more pressure to make uh, to not screw up Heart of Ice. You're not under any pressure to <laughs> to not screw up the episode with the talking goat. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I would probably draw the talking goat sequence because it's so weird. <laughs> there you go. You know what? I respect that, Clay. Yeah, it's yeah. so strange. And it is like, yeah, in a show that is quote unquote grounded, I'm using that fairly loosely, yeah. but like about as grounded as a show like this can be, having a yeah. talk, talking goat and giant mutated. Yeah, it's very it's it, this episode was very Saturday morning cartoons from the 90s. You know, yeah. like it was it was street sharks or something. Right. You um, know, so if I all right, I'm going to take back something I said. If I did a, <laughs> a one shot comic of this and I would completely reframe it to be horror based and everything's sure. going to be dark and scary and everything's going to be just morbid, then I can see that goat scene being terrifying. But when you have a goat go, man, that just kills the illusion. Like it has to be a comic. For oh it to yeah, work, no. I think. And drawing like I, I think uh, I think you played for comedy, and it works better <laughs> than horror, honestly. Oh yeah, that's. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. they were trying to play it as comedy, kind of. Yeah, I think so, and I, I I think it still works as a comic if you if you play that scene for for comedy. I think it it probably works better than. Right. Yeah. If 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 you if you read tool the story so it's more of a horror story yeah lose lose the it, rocket lose the farm shit yeah i the i think there's some interesting stuff you could do with like giant uh genetically modified animals and stuff that could be pretty creepy uh and yeah having a having a black goat walk its way into police headquarters unannounced could be pretty creepy but i yeah. think it probably works better as a comedy than it does as, well, drawing as a, a goat serious horror like, you ever look into the eyes of a goat? It is really unsettling with their horizontal. Not, a, not regularly. People, <laughs> every morning for me, man. Every morning. No. <laughs> yeah, no. When people think of goat as the sign of the devil because the head is like a inverted pentagram, I think no. Mm-hmm. The devilish thing isn't the shape of the goat's head. It's the fucking eyeballs for me. Yeah, and that they can scream like humans sometimes. And say Batman. Yeah. yeah. What we know when the when you know that they can faint at the drop of a hat, it, it does make you feel yes. better. That's it's like true, if these yeah. things try to overrun the earth, we know we can still scare them into fainting, whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that um, all goats or just that like one type of breed? I think it's a specific type of goat. Alright. Alright, so we do we do have a lot to be worried about then if the zombie goats do attack. <laughs> can you Yeah, because can you scare a zombie goat? <laughs> into the, into the point where it would faint and you could run away. That's a good question. Yeah, a, I know. That's a it's very chicken all and the egg type about. question. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Put it in a Zack Snyder movie, and I'm sure you'll like it, Clay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> again, again, I enjoy fun. Show does not enjoy fun. <laughs> I I have a. We're talking about the um, uh, what is it? City of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Yeah, I I don't have the. If it's if something's too goofy, I just switch off. 
I can't enjoy mm-hmm. kung fu movies if they're too silly. Like I just don't have it in me to just go with it like Clay does. And I do respect that you can do that. But yeah, for me, that <laughs> violated my sense of how far I'm willing to go in like 10 minutes. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Kung Fury? Uh, I'm on the fence with Kung Fury. It's It's fine. I don't love it. Yeah, I only got 10 minutes. I know our friend Joe, who listens to this, <laughs> loves it. It's like his favorite mm-hmm. fucking thing. And I think they're doing a sequel with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I think he shows up at some point, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's like that's something there. It's like I feel like this, the sequel is like five years too late on that one. But yeah. who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a very specific moment in time, it felt like, when Kung Fury was, was, uh, was all the rage. I don't know if... Uh, yeah. I don't know if they can recreate that, but we'll see. Yeah, you're right, because that hit with Synthwave, and you and I and all of our friends were like right at the cusp of Synthwave being a thing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I remember when Kung Fury came, it already felt a little old to me, and Mm -hmm. that was all five years ago. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's, that kind of thing can go too far for me, where it just gets into uh, too much silly for the sake of being silly. Oh, you don't like fun, Clay? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I I like a good amount of fun. That still is is uh, uh, regulated. I like regulated fun. Yeah, uh, but no, there's like a certain there's a certain point where I mean, people that <laughs> do like it. There's nothing about Zack Snyder's movie that is regulated. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> his movies are all about <laughs> breaking regulations and breaking boundaries. That's why. I yeah, he's he's genius, all, every that. single every one of his movies after Dawn of the Dead <laughs> is him going, you know what would be cool, and then yeah. they do it. And sometimes it works. I think mm-hmm. in Army of the Dead, it works for the most part. That movie should have been like a half an hour shorter because it's incredibly mm-hmm. long. Uh, but I don't think that works so much in like Batman and Superman. I think you've... Yeah. Army of the Dead, you can throw a lot of stuff at the wall and, and get away with it more than you can some of that yeah. other stuff. But Oh, man. Can we talk about uh, conventions and stuff? Do we have to, sure. Can we, get, can we stop talking about this horrible episode? <laughs> Sure. What do you uh, what do you want to, you said you're going to rate this a 1? Yeah. Sorry. It's going to Yeah. Be There's not yeah, even I much I'm... I can salvage with this fucking right. episode, you know. Yeah. I'll probably I'll probably do the same. Yeah. I don't want to draw that farmer. I don't want to draw a farm. I don't like the concept. I don't like drawing big monster animals because I don't like fun. Like there really isn't anything. It even has the fucking jetpack in it. Like I don't even like that, you know. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, it's funny. There's this conversation on social media lately, uh, and I'm off Twitter, so I'm, I, I don't ever, I don't really have a platform to fire back, which is probably a good thing. But um, <laughs> you know, I have this, so I'm always curious to get your thoughts about it. Uh, my mm-hmm. friend Perch of uh, a great podcast I like called Comics with Perch. If you uh, just um, you know look at that on YouTube and find in the last week he did one about uh, Bar. Con, like B-A-R, like drinking a bar. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, bar con is just slang for you finish up a, a convention and you all go to the bar after. And it's like, you know, it's not that clever. I don't know who invented it. Um, and the um, conversation is, do there's a lot of things happening. One is, do comic creators have drinking problem and do they get too sloshed and act too unprofessional at these events? Mm-hmm. Two is, does that lead to problems in sexual harassment? Is that super unhealthy for a lot of reasons? Three, do deals actually get done? In other words, do you have to go to the bar con 
or to the bar after everything. And if you mm-hmm. go, what should be the limit? What should be the rules? And then another conversation about like, uh, should we have just a mixer that doesn't have any alcohol? Would that ever, be, would that be a better thing? And uh, it's kind of a lot circling uh, that whole conversation right now. But what stood out to me was um, there's a lot more tit for tat going on in comics than I assumed. And I, what I mean without splitting hairs is without, without holding back is editors are people who can get you jobs saying, if you sleep with me, I will get you work. Like that stuff happens. And mm-hmm. I always assumed in this industry that that stuff probably happened a little bit, but I didn't know. It seems to be a lot more blatant now than I ever imagined. I don't know what your really? opinion is on this stuff. Yeah, uh, I have never come across that personally. I've <laughs> I've never well, been propositioned. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, it's mostly men who and are. Frankly, <laughs> I'm a little insulted. Uh. Uh, obviously, it's mostly a problem with men uh, right. hitting on female creators. It does happen in the other direction. Like I've been hit on by female women in power, and I usually just don't say anything because, yeah, it's just just something that men usually just keep to themselves. Honestly, and maybe that's worth reconsidering. But yeah, um, I know it happens the other way, but usually it's it's not. Usually it's a gross dude hitting on a chick and saying mm-hmm. or implying mm-hmm. that I'll get you work. And I don't know if it's like, <clears throat> you know that flat out propositioning somebody but the implied tit for tat is certainly there and i I feel like comics is realizing that this goes on a lot more at these shows than we're comfortable with sure um and uh yeah like i've always assumed that that was a thing that happened at any uh show with any convention like not just comics but you know video game shows car shows boat shows you get a bunch of adults you get them on airplanes and they're all going, you know, three hour time zone shifts. So they're exhausted and they get plastered and they got a hotel room and everyone's in the same hotel. I mean, you know, adults are going to fraternize and I don't doubt a lot of this stuff happens in other, uh, in other industries, but with comics, um, because we're so social media, uh, because we pay attention to this stuff so much and we're so quick to try to get each other and cancel each other. And, you know, I, I know a lot of my liberal friends would love to end all this, bad behavior and of course i do too um yeah i I just feel like comics does a worse job at handling it especially because uh there's no hr department that really seems to sort this out right you know like if you go to a normally if you if you go to a if yeah going to a bar networking is obviously a thing in any any industry um and you can you know slip someone your card and say i'll try to get you a job um but eventually that person's going to have to call HR and HR is going to have to go, okay, well, let's see what the background is. Is this person qualified? Is this worth hiring this person? What's the record here? And that's what sorts out the riffraff and in other industries from people getting into positions that they don't deserve, um, sexual favors or not. And in comics, mm-hmm. that doesn't exist because everyone at BarCon, well, most people there are freelancers. So you right. don't have HR in the same way. Uh, and there's really nothing, um, there's no point that I'm getting to. I'm just sort of... Um, <clears throat> venting or just talking about the thing that's happening out there right now and uh i can't decide if i'm surprised or if i completely saw this coming and was completely aware of it all these years in a way you know mm-hmm. yeah i think um <clears throat> i i think as comics have become more of a mainstream like, like they they've they've been pretty insular until yeah. the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. Like, yep. they've been around forever. I mean, obviously, they were huge in the 90s, but 
it wasn't as um, it was still kind of like a cut off industry for outsiders mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- that's not me going a, a, any 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 way towards uh, uh, justifying any of this stuff. But mm-hmm. what it is me saying is, uh, th- the industry has to grow up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. People did a lot of dopey stuff. People still do a lot of dopey stuff. But mm-hmm. it's it's a pro- it's a profession. You have to you have to act professional you know you have to it's and i think comics is a little bit behind with a lot of that stuff yeah uh and when it comes to show uh, after after show drinking at bars and stuff i think that's part of it too i mean yeah 20 years Mm -hmm. ago it was just a bunch of guys who like to draw comics getting shit-faced at the bar but now it's like people expect you you, you got to talk to people there's people you don't want to make a fool out of yourself or hopefully yeah uh, and i <laughs> yeah. think there's a there's a level of professionalism that needs to come along with yeah. that where you need to i ideally um you're still you're still on to a certain extent you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can still hang out hang out with your friends but yeah. there's got to be a level of professionalism that, that still exists um yeah. i don't think any anyone that says you need to go to the bar to get a job, I think, is full of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, if going there and meeting people, sure. Like I've met a, a few different editors, and you know, you you mm-hmm. go to a couple conventions, you see them a couple times, and you know, oh yeah, you you get stuck in their mind or whatever, and you yeah, then you email them later or something. You, you de- <laughs> I've yeah. definitely never brought in my portfolio to a to a a bar, and I never, never. would. Yeah, never do that. Um, um, but honestly, that being said, even if somebody does that, it's on the person who they're talking to to be professional about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and yeah, uh, either shift it away or or just be professional about the the whole interaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I always told anyone younger or anyone who's whatever anyone who would listen, uh, you should go to the bar. You don't have to drink at all. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. if you're a, a woman. You know, bring a friend. Be be careful, of course. Um, and definitely have your eyes open. Um, but you know, face to face time and um, making contacts and following up uh, with the uh, network and this convention circuit is super important. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're better off going to these events and meeting people. You don't have to drink. In fact, if, yeah, right. in, in the podcast, Perch mentions, and I agree, if you show up and everyone's slosh, then just get out of there because no one's going to remember you anyway, you know? Right. Uh, but <laughs> you know, for the first half of the night, you know, drink slowly, be careful, drink water, you know, have something to eat, whatever, before you go. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of these uh, conventions quickly turn into debauchery. And like I've seen guys grab girls, throw them over their shoulders and, you know, people hook up i mean you know i'm all for consenting adults honestly like i'm not sure. trying to attack anyone that wants to get sexual your, it's your life your business if that's you have an open marriage fine have at it i don't care you know <laughs> but you know you should expect a certain amount of blowback um given the culture of uh trying to sort out bad behavior and sexual harassment like you run the risk of doing that especially if you're on e- uneven ground like i know creators who will date girls in their line like girls who are waiting to get autographs, it's like the men get into this idea of like, oh, these women are just going to line up for me and I'm going to sort of flirt with all all of them and maybe I'll get a few numbers and maybe I'll meet them mm-hmm. at the bar later. Like they do that with their with their customers. Sure. And it's like, man, that's so unfair. Like I'm not saying – some of these women want to, sure. You know, like 
you know, we, back in the 80s, you had all these metal uh, hair bands, and they did all kinds of crazy shit that I cannot believe there aren't more uh, Me Too uh, accusations directed at, like, Poison or Motley Crue, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, the girls that lined up in the 80s seem to be down with this, from my under, yeah. my horrible understanding of that culture. <laughs> But uh, yeah, in comics especially, like that shit will get you into trouble big time. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean you shouldn't be, <laughs> you shouldn't be not doing it because you don't want to get caught. You should be not doing it because you want to be a professional. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it. There's there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, just have a better sense of of what the of what the crowd is that you're in and how you should probably act towards them goes goes a long way. Yeah. Um. I I saw someone mentioning something about. Uh, the idea of you know alcohol free networking stuff at conventions, which I do mm-hmm. think I think is a really good idea. I think that could be great. The mm-hmm. only thing that I worry about there is that <laughs> it very quickly could turn into a, another exclusive event that you need like tickets to or you need like an in for or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So w- which. You know, I don't know. I guess there's got to you got to draw the line somewhere. But like yeah. a pre-show breakfast thing at a convention is not the worst idea versus, you know, yeah, getting hammered at a cuz at least that way, like you go to you go to something in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. If let's say even if it's if it's something for uh people who yeah. have tables, right? Every right. anybody who's tabling at the thing can go to this breakfast thing or whatever. Um <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think most people are going to show up early in the morning before a show they're, they're hung over because they got right yeah right the night before but <laughs> let's say let's say ideally that people do show up and there are editors there because there there will be some people there sure yeah. I mean, not everybody's yeah. going out and getting hammered um i mean that way you can talk to people and then later in the day they swing yeah. by they can actually see your stuff you can yeah. talk to them again there's, you have there's context instead of just like oh yeah, yeah. your yeah. name is Shorn? Yeah. Is that a name? Is it Shorn? Shorn Murphy? It's you know what I mean? Like it's it's uh there's 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 more I, I can see that being a better opportunity to like actually yeah. talk to people and actually do some real networking yeah. instead of just hanging out. But any anyone who tries who talks about doing a mixer that's alcohol free after a show, I'm sorry, but like very few people are gonna show up to that. I'm not gonna go. Sure. I'm gonna go yeah. to the fucking bar because I know how to drink carefully and for the most part and you know not act like an asshole and get into trouble i don't um, know i i know a skateboard that would disagree with that <laughs> like that was in a comic book shop that was different <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'll tell that story there isn't even a story to tell i'll just no that's not really. time yeah <laughs> um yeah, and I, honestly, even if you go to an event like that, I imagine you would just be checking your watch, thinking like, "Where are we going to drink after this?" You know? Yeah. Well, that's why I, I think if you're going to do that, it would be more interesting to do in the morning. You know, where yeah. maybe like people could get breakfast or something. So, I think you know, your breakfast idea actually, actually is pretty cool. Honestly, you know. Yeah. I like your breakfast idea. Yeah. It's only to pull that off and to have like Marvel or DC sponsor it, and there'll be like. In pro tips there and like reasons for us to congregate in a mature way instead of getting sloshed afterwards you know yeah yeah something that's a little bit you know uh has less of an edge to it you know yeah but um it's funny in the uh it shows uh 
with those things. We all, because when someone gets really schmoozy and really obvious about networking, like there's people that I see coming towards me and I'm like, oh, great, not this guy. He's a close talker or he's going to interrupt or he's super awkward or like I, I have a list in my head that I, I couldn't even tell you the names on, honestly. But when I see their faces, I'm always like, I stiffen up. And uh, it turns out that the people that I avoid at shows, everyone else agree, uh, has avoided as well. Um, <laughs> to the point where people are like literally like ducking under tables and hiding in bushes and stuff like that. And uh, it's funny because there's like a handful of names, like really desperate writers who have published a few things uh, in the indies, but uh, think that they're really going to, they still think that they're going to get into the mainstream. And they have no idea that Marvel and DC are aware of them and they're not going to get hired. They mm. don't know that the editors all know them, and they try to avoid running into them if they can. And I kind of feel bad for these people with horrible social skills. And I almost wonder, like, shouldn't somebody tell them? Like, I don't want to do it. But shouldn't somebody say, like, listen, I work for Marvel. We, we all know you at the office, man. None of us want to hire you. You're doing these things wrong. You're annoying people on Twitter. You think you're talented. You're not. Like, I, I, obviously, I would word it differently. But, like, I almost want these people to know. Like, because they're, they're just going to keep doing the shit that they're doing. And it's never going to get any better, you know? Like, wouldn't it right. help them to let them know that everybody hates them? Uh, I don't know if that generally works that way. Usually, it makes people double down. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. So I don't the, know. The, the Twitter warfare after, you know. <laughs> telling yeah, somebody I, that would be epic. Yeah, if, if if you had a story coming out of a convention that a Marvel editor told you that you suck and we're never going to hire you, that would that would get around pretty quick. Um yeah. before before they could uh uh explain yeah. themselves and and be like, "No, no, no, no. We weren't trying to be mean. Yeah. We were just being truthful. This person's <laughs> terrible." Like that's how do you <laughs> you can't yeah. really spin that. Um yeah. but yeah, I I I think I think Basically, to sum it up, there's there's a level of growing up that the industry still needs to do, yeah. um, and not everybody the, not everybody's yeah. a monster, you know. But there's, I think you a, know, we're talking about ten percent. I think there's maybe five percent of people at shows that are just mm-hmm. mean and evil and trying to be dicks. I think thirty percent uh, are not careful and have too much to drink. And then start acting like dicks or start acting annoying. I yeah. think more than half of everybody is totally fine and awesome. And they're just normal people. Like, I don't mean to, you know, shade the whole industry or call everybody with one, the same marker here, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those things, it's, man, they, I, I don't love that stuff. Like, I, yeah. I like going to the bar and getting a drink or something. But, like, yeah, oh, those things <laughs> can be just over overwhelming. Like, out in uh, yeah. Emerald City in Seattle, they mm. basically the whole first floor of the hotel turns into like a giant bar and it's so loud yeah. and there's so many people and it's like you couldn't network there if someone paid you to do it. It's just, you know, like it's, it's just, it's not, it's not my scene, but uh, I I don't mind hanging out, you know, like when we're in New York, they have those smaller bars that you can kind of like find a corner of and hang out. Those those places are cool. I, uh, I do have a, uh, I want I part of me I'm I'm with you Clay but part of me does want to know what the drama is because I want to laugh at it 
Like, I want to know what the car accident. Where are the car accidents? Who's doing something? Because there's always some fucking drama going on. And mm-hmm. as much as you think you've seen it all, you you would not be you would not believe the new stories that we managed to come up with at bars. When I go to a bar like yeah. that, like Seattle, like I'll just sit in a good place where I can kind of see everybody, and I'll just sort of read people and I'll notice who's getting annoyed with who and which group is, which click is getting more catty and who's getting more drunk or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Who's avoiding who? Like, I just can't help, but uh, it's very fickle of me, but I, I just can't help but get interested in it. As long as I'm not involved <laughs> in it. I'm just a, like a, you know, I'm just a fan. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. Uh, if the drama involves me, I'm not interested, but I like to watch the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think uh, we've we spent an hour talking about we've spent we've we've recorded for an hour. Uh, we spent about ten minutes, I think, talking about both these episodes, <laughs> okay. which speaks to their quality, I suppose. But uh, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, um, I think that's it for mean cool. critter for uh, mean seasons and critters. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you got some interesting tidbits about the underbelly, the bar-going underbelly of the post. You know, I never understood how people have the energy to do that. Like, when I get done with a convention, yeah, I just want to, like, have dinner and go to bed. I, You know, it's yeah. it takes a lot of energy for me to be yeah. like, okay, I'm going to go hang out for another three yeah. hours or whatever. You well, know? you are, you and our friends are a low-drama clique. We just gravitate yeah. to people that we love art, we like to drink, we don't mind getting a little tipsy, honestly. But right. yeah. I don't like it when I'm with a buddy and he starts talking to a girl who I don't know, because I have to worry, like, do I need to step in? Uh, he's fine. But like, I just, I, I, we, that doesn't happen very often either. You know, like, we just have a group of friends that we watch the drama from a side. We don't usually get involved with drama. We generally run a pretty tight ship with our friend group. We're not egomaniacs. We're not jealous of each other. We're genuinely happy for each other when we have success. Mm-hmm. And that's kind mm-hmm. of rare, honestly, to not get jealous of somebody that has something you don't. Um, but yeah, the people yeah. I surround myself with tend to be pretty normal, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, you're, you're probably the same way, right? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 more my style, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I and I understand what you're saying. You're just going there so you can find out which actress is secretly getting a hand job at the bar. <laughs> Finger blasted clay. There's a name yeah, for it's it. The same thing. <laughs> I just assume right, a hand jobs for men. Sorry. All right. We'll end on that note. <laughs> There's your poll quote. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next time. We are uh we're coming up on the second half. We only got a few more episodes left, amazingly. It's a short season. Uh, and then I don't know I think I guess we're going to Batman Beyond after that which should be fun um, but Psyched. next time we'll be back we're staying in the animal world we've got Cult of the Cat and Animal Act coming up next time so uh, we'll see you then thanks guys <laughs> let the guy throw.